Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Out to Lunch with me, Jay Rayner, a new show in which I take interesting people to eat in a great restaurant that I choose for them. We eat, we talk, we eat some more. What's not to love? And having been a restaurant critic for 20 years, I can tell you that a good table laid with great food is the perfect place for this. People simply relax more when they're being fed well. Today, I'm dining with an actual flipping Spice Girl, Sporty Spice, Mel C, Melanie Chisholm. Need I say more? How long am I going to want to jump around singing one of <laughs> But I'm 45 mm. and I can't wait to jump around and sing one of these. So for this edition of Out to Lunch, I have come to Selfridges, the great department store on Oxford Street, not for the food hall, but because they've opened a new restaurant. I was thinking, where do you take a Spice Girl for lunch? Well, the Brasserie of Light. Now, I haven't eaten here, but many people that I respect and regard well, they've eaten here. They say it's great. Plus, it has a sculpture of Pegasus with a 20-foot wingspan made completely out of crystals by Damien Hurst. The whole place is shiny, it's glitzy, it's very, very sexy. It's, it's perfect for a Spice Girl. Let's get inside. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Which way would you like to sit? I you can know. sit there and then... I'll sit here. All right. <laughs> Marvellous. Thank you for agreeing to do this. It's my pleasure. Thank you for taking me out for lunch. No, it's nice of me. And so I was thinking, where do you take Melanie Chisholm? So we chose somewhere with a bloody huge winged pegasus coming out the wall, glitzy, They're shiny. They're very proud of it, aren't they? But I think it's a bit of a monstrosity, don't you? It, um, it's, it has a certain Hurstian in-your-face... Phallic. Uh, it is pretty damn phallic, isn't it? isn't it? It is super fabulous. It's somewhere to bring... You know when you really want to treat somebody? Because it feels super fancy, doesn't it? It's very sparkly. If you were choosing, would this be the sort of place you might choose for yourself or not? Coming to a place like this... Well, I grew up in a very different environment to the one my little girl's growing up oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So going out to eat was a real treat. In fact, it was probably a once or twice a year thing. So whenever We're talking I, witness in the 80s, aren't we? Is, absolutely, yeah. When I come to a place like this, and it's, all, it's absolutely beautiful, I still feel a little bit wild Do by you? the environment. So, yeah, so coming somewhere like this makes me feel like I've done rather well for myself. Have you? Okay. Even well, though I'm, someone else is paying today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Why do you think I got the job I do at the Observer, so somebody else? This is Nathan who's going to be serving us. Good afternoon. Can I offer either of you a drink or to begin with? After this, I'm going to a financial meeting. 
so I, I don't okay. want to get too loose, if you know what I mean. We do have some nice smoothies and detoxes and juices well, and things. Do you have one of those? Something looked rather nice on the bar. Is it called Seedly? It's kind yeah, of like so, an yeah. alcohol-free... Oh, Seedless. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. All, yeah. I'll go for one of those. I'll go for one as well. Yeah. I'll have what she's having. No problem at all. We're starting in a very healthy way. Aren't we? I have quite a large undertaking in the spring where... I'm doing some, you know, some little shows. Some small shows. A little band, yeah, that I work with occasionally. <laughs> and um, so I've kind of, I always kind of try and take care of myself and keep my fitness levels at, you know, a certain level. I assume everybody will know, but this is the Spice Girls Reunion 5 Become 4 tour. Yes. Victoria's decided <laughs> to spend more time with her clothing range. Mm -hmm. So 13, 13 shows yeah. in three weeks plus rehearsals. Mm -hmm. It's going to be quite for long. Because it's going to be gruelling, yeah. And the, and the stage is huge. The stadium shows, you know, so there's a lot of ground to cover. And we just want it to be the best show we've ever put on. Have you already looked at the catering details for the tour? So funny. We, we had a meeting the other day and catering came up. And um, So is this the four of you? Were you all there? Yeah. Oh, no, Melanie was in LA. Right. So she wasn't around. So, But the three of us were talking, we're going through everything, all the creatives and the budgets and everything. You know, obviously back in the day when we were in our 20s, we kind of let everybody around us get on with it. But now we're older, wiser, more experienced. We're like, we want to know. I would have loved to have been in that meeting. Uh, I'm just kind of intrigued, but I, I don't really stop you, but I'm intrigued by... You're older, you're wiser, you're in charge of your own careers completely, you can read a balance sheet, yeah. suddenly you're looking at the financials. Yeah. Is this slightly <laughs> revealing to you all about what happened when you were doing it the first time round? 100%. And I think most people in music, you know, if you are lucky enough to have success and then have a second go of things, mm. you do it very differently. Uh, so, you had the meeting, you were talking about catering. Yeah actually on big tours is fabulous but because you know being on stage and singing and jumping around you don't necessarily want lots of rich food mm -hmm. it's not really the time um, and also you don't really want to be paying for everyone else to be having fabulous food so there's a balance that has to be struck oh are there tiers <laughs> are, there, are there levels of what no not at all i mean you want your you, obviously you want your crew and your band and your dancers you want everybody to be fed well because you want them to do the best job but then yeah for us girls we have agreed we just want to have a chef that'll take care of what we need because we'll have quite basic needs mm -hmm. probably on show days but they will deal with you and then everybody else will be dealt with yeah oh, but it's reasonable yeah Isn't it's it? all in the same yeah we're, we're not being all yeah divas about it we're being more you know practical have a look at this menu let's have a look i've had a look online already have you? which is something i tend to do before going out i like to know what i'm letting myself in for I do that every time I'm do going you always out. Do that? Well, before I go and review somewhere, I always look online. And, and you find often you have your heart set on something to turn up, only to find that I haven't got it on the day. <laughs> so have you already made a selection? Well, whenever I see scallops on the menu, I always have to have them. I was looking at the crab salad. See, I'm not a huge fan of crab. Okay, well then we're, we're fine, aren't we? Because we're fine. We don't need to do shirzies. No, we don't. Do you do shirzies? All the time. Oh, that's good. Because some people don't like it, do they? Yeah, but well, they can't come with me if they don't like it. <laughs> Fair if enough. They, if they try and protect their plate, they've got to understand what's going on. <laughs> Main? I never know how to say this. Is it, is it Wagyu steak? They have got Wagyu steak. With a black truffle sauce, which is £50. <laughs> yeah, well... Which is extravagant. So, I don't know... <laughs> <laughs> the producer's so. just said it's fine, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for the back and cut, I think. OK, brilliant stuff. And I'll have the uh, sea bass. Sea bass, fantastic. Fish all the way. Should yeah. we have something to share, something on the side, perhaps? Truffle mash. 
Yeah, do the truffle man. Easy, straight away. <laughs> I've got a bit of a thing for anything with truffle. Truffles, mm -hmm. yeah. Let's go there. Definitely. Yeah. Well, first time round, what was the biggest you did there? You must have done some huge. Well, we we did Wembley Stadium in '98. It was the old Wembley Stadium. Of course. And we did it sideways. So I, yeah, I'm not sure what the numbers were. I mean, it, it's it's such a an incredible thing to do to, to play a stadium. There's not many acts in the world that can do it. Thinking about playing something that big. Mm -hmm. So, the biggest I've ever played is 700, just to, just to keep it in perspective. Um, and uh, we're talking about <laughs> 70,000 here. I was very proud of my 700. How do you go around building a show that is going to deliver, because the tickets aren't cheap, no. and expectation is enormous. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, you just have to get people on board who are fabulous at what they do. And, you know, obviously we have lots of creative ideas, but we need to find the right people to facilitate that. And we have a great creative director, a guy called Lee Lodge, who's a Brit, I'm very happy to say. I think he started his life on the ozone. So we'd worked together way back in the 90s. The ozone, the, the TV, TV show, yeah, yeah. like Jamie Theakston. So yeah, so we have a bit of a history and he's gone on to be a, you know, incredibly successful show producer. And this particular tour for us, it's a real celebration of everything that was achieved in the 90s. It's such a great time for the 90s right now. You know, there's a, there's a revival in music and in fashion. And the girl power message feels very strong as well. So it, it, it feels like an exciting time to be doing it. One of the things I was interested in, obviously the Me Too movement, people stepping forward and saying, you cannot do what you've been doing to women in the creative industries anymore. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder whether the Spice Girls could have worked now if they suddenly appeared or whether they needed to be in the 90s. I think it could still work now. You know, obviously it's going to work now, it still does. It's about yeah, when they when, it when started it, yeah. yeah, because I think although things have come a long way, we still live in many industries, you know, it is very male dominated. And, you know, we don't feel like the fight is over. We feel like it's something we'll be shouting about for a long time, many years to come. Seems a bit sort of weird for a man in his 50s to be asking you about female empowerment, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah. Was it real? Do you think it, it did empower? Absolutely. And I don't think we were fully aware of the impact it had on people until the last maybe five years. It was never pre-planned. It was quite accidental. And it was through experience. We were going into labels and we were, you know, we were being told that girl bands don't sell records. We were, we were going into you know, magazines. Did that make you crosser and crosser when yeah. you said that? Yeah, well, it, that, that, it was like a, a red rag to a bull. And that's, that's where Girl Power came from, because we were like, we just wanted to be a pop group. We didn't realise we had a message until we started experiencing a bit of sexism or the reality of the industry. And then we realised we, we had a point to prove. And it was great because it gave us even more determination to succeed. I think the wonderful thing about being in a band is myself alone, I would never have the confidence to do a lot of the things that we did. Mm -hmm. But because we had each other's, you know, obviously someone like Melanie, Melanie B, she is gung-ho. She doesn't care. She will just do what she wants. That's how she lives her life, which is fabulous. As we've heard recently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just goes and does her thing. 
And that's amazing to have that person in your gang because you can just get dragged along with it, you know. And then also, if there are any repercussions, you've got everyone to back you up. So it's it's a pretty magical thing. Well, this is perfectly timed because Nathan's yeah. turned up with food. Here we are. It looks amazing. Thank you. Braised scallops with the red pepper tapenade and the dorsal crab salad with watermelon and shaved radish. Thank you. Thank you. These are very pretty. They're very pretty, aren't they? Instagrammable. Do you do you want to do you want to do you want to shoot them? <laughs> Should we shoot them? Just oh, I've not my phone. I want to dig in. I'm, no. not, I'm not prepared to wait. <laughs> there is a line in these notes, and I know how unreliable notes can be, uh -huh. which said that um, after a show you would like a shandy and a bag of peanuts. <laughs> is a shandy? That's me being rock and roll. Was it? Was that you being rock and roll? No, no, or was that's, that a euphemism? That that's no, no. I love actually graduated from a shandy to a lager um but crazy, lager, crazy lager, lager in a bag of crisps or a bag of peanuts yeah that's my little treat it's quite hard to manage you go off stage whether it's seventy thousand or twenty or whatever mm -hmm. you've given it all mm -hmm. and they've all loved you and mm -hmm. however it goes your adrenaline's going to be pumping mm -hmm. it's quite hard to manage that moment straight after a show isn't it you learn how to manage it i've been lucky enough to be performing now for over 20 years and you you do have to learn how to deal with it even with just adrenaline on a show day when we first started I would be nervous from the moment I woke up but now because you know when you have that physical feeling you feel the adrenaline start to pump I don't get that now until about an hour before showtime but you still get nervous or you get adrenaline always, always get nervous always yeah what's the fear um of fucking up <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, anything can happen, can't it? And you just want every performance to be... You want to be brilliant. You want everyone to think you're brilliant. But I don't sense from you a fear that some people talk about of being found out. You know that if you turn up with your A-game, you will be brilliant, don't you? Well, not everybody's cup of tea. You know, not everybody's going to like it. My harshest critic is me. So if I can keep myself happy and enjoy myself, then that's good enough for me. You know, people can tell me I'm rubbish. But um, if I think, well, you know, that's your opinion, I was bloody great no. tonight. You can say that's that right. to yourself? Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is the first time coming up, the new tour, uh -huh. that you've done it. Obviously, you were together for the Olympics. Yeah. Put that to one side. Mm -hmm. The last tour was what, 2008? Eight. Eight. Yeah, seven over to eight, yeah. So this is the first time in 11 years. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a very different experience? Because yeah. all that much older and you've all lived a different kind of life and yeah we're all in a different place again you know each step along the way has been the tour in 2007 was different and then when we come back together for the olympics was different and you know we, we continue to evolve and grow and i think we've come to a point now where we're in a really good place we're all sad that victoria won't be joining us but we, it's all genuinely very supportive, you know, obviously we understand and support her. And I mean, I, she, she gave, a, she gave a, a very sort of compelling, convincing reason as to why she's not going to do it. And she was very clear and she yeah. admitted that she would feel a pang. She said she was going to be at one of the shows. Mm. Yeah. How hard did you work on her? <laughs> we didn't because cause we knew already, you know, and I'm sure Victoria will mind me saying, the Olympics was hard for her. You know, her, she's moved on, her life has changed, and she just doesn't have that love of performing. And in fact, it completely petrifies her. 
and you can't. Oh, is that really it? So you yeah. just can't bear the idea of it. Yeah, I think you know. I, I'm sure there are many reasons. Obviously, you know, she's extremely busy and successful in what she's doing. She's put her heart and soul into her business, and you know, to to step away from that and you know not give it the time that she does at the moment will be difficult. You know, but also I'm sure if she felt passionate about being on stage and loved it. Then she'd, she'd be, be there. there. She'd be there, you know. So you know, we, we're all very sensitive of that, and we we completely understand. Do you want to get in there? Do you get want to in know? there. Oh, you don't like crab. I'm not really feeling the crab. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I will nick a bit of. Uh... And this, and I'll say the scallops here. It's it's quite a good portion as well, isn't it? Bit of fennel there. That's right. That's good. That's very good. Where did the idea for doing it again come from? I get the impression you you you're all vaguely in touch with each other almost all the time. Yeah, always. It's kind of. It, it shifts and moves, you know, we're like tectonic plates. Right, okay. <laughs> on a global scale, I like, I like the imagery there. Yeah. You know, it's like with Melanie, I didn't see her for a couple of years, you know, it's, you know, it's like all friends, you know, you, things change, don't they? And we, we have had meetings over the years and we've, we've tried to make things happen and sometimes things have almost happened and I think it was after we'd seen Simon, I think last February, He'd kind of called a little bit of a meeting. Simon Fuller. Fuller, who was yeah. your original, he was the, the well, big he manager. Was, he was the manager that was with us, you know, throughout mm. the, the, the success. Big stuff, yeah. So, yeah, so we all got together. And I think it just got everybody thinking. And then an offer came in for, I think it was a night, one night at Wembley. And then that got people, like, quite intrigued. Because I think also being mums were, like, we quite like being around for the children, like we were taking them out of school, the different age, you know, the complications and responsibilities of being a parent, it all comes into the mix. So like one night at Wembley, that was like, oh, it's quite tempting. And then the reality, you can't do one night. It, it costs so much money to produce a show. It would not pay for itself I'm over sure. one night, you know? It just became two shows, four shows. And, then, you know, we very luckily, because the interest was phenomenal, we, we've ended up at 13. I imagine the set list is coming together. Mm -hmm. You have a responsibility to deliver every one of the Spice Girl hits that they they want. Yeah. Anything you don't want to do? <laughs> well, I've always had this thing. As I've got older, I'm like, how long am I going to want to jump around singing Wannabe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know you don't have a choice on that. Yeah. But... I'm 45, mm. and I can't wait to jump around and sing Wannabe. So luckily, yeah, we're okay for this time around. Are we all right? We're yeah, all right. we're going to be all right. Okay. <laughs> I have to say, so I do. You can see I've got notes surrounding it, and the I knew you were really successful. I knew uh, uh, how much you'd done, but the statistics are staggering. <laughs> are they? They are staggering. <laughs> 105 million records sold. 85 million of those were with Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. Which means 20 million solo albums. Wow. Singles and collaborate. I mean, we, you know. I'm glad um, I'm seeing my accountant later because this doesn't <laughs> add up. <laughs> but uh, you've, uh, an, an awful lot of number ones. You've had them solo, in duos, in fours. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not casting expression with anybody, but of the four of you, you are probably the one with the most musical experience since then. Has that made you a senior partner? <laughs> in, in the in the endeavour? Well, the girls obviously are very aware of that and they respect that. So, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, we, we do have our different strengths and weaknesses and this is an area where the girls, you know, you know, they look to me and they're like, well, you know, Melanie has experience and she's worked with certain people and, and so that, you know, that, that all comes into play. Can I offer you a drink to go with your main course? 
We timed it well because I did do dry January. Did you really do dry January? Well, I did for a couple of reasons. One being I was so sick of food and drink after Christmas. Yeah, fair enough. Do you think we should break dry I, January? I think we should. <laughs> well, either of you guys could I can uh, choose something after. Do you like mojitos? Do you like a cocktail? Do you like a glass of wine? I think I'm going to go for a glass of wine. Glass glass of wine. What will work with the... Uh, we're both having fish. So, we? we're having black cod. Mm -hmm. I would suggest a Riesling to mm -hmm. go with this. Mm -hmm. Or a small glass of Chablis. And it emphasis on small because it is better, it's one. With the sea bass, perhaps a Sauvignon Blanc or Gavi de Gavi. But you could have one of them for sure. I'll have the Gavi de Gavi. Gavi de Gavi? I'll have the Chablis. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I feel a bit nervous. Is, is this the point? <laughs> is it literally since December 31st, New Year's Eve? It's actually since the 30th of December. I didn't do New Year's Eve this year. So let me go back to Witness in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Where would you go for the special once or twice a year eating? Um, probably not in Witness. Really? Yeah. It, Where were the bright lights? Was it Preston? Or? Um, I mean, Witness is kind of midway between Liverpool and Manchester. But um, my mum is a great cook. And she always cooked from scratch. And I learned from my mum and, and my grandma like to bake. And just the basics of cooking, which I'm, I really appreciate. Um, having that in my upbringing now. But my mum really liked Chinese food. All right, okay. My mum used to make Chinese food at home, which although a lot of my friends would have Chinese out, their parents didn't really make it at home. So my mum had a walk and she'd, you know, on a Friday night, she'd, you know, she'd cook up her song, which was really, really lovely. So that was a bit of a treat. Oh, your mum was also a singer. She is. Still a singer. Yeah. So do you think that's where the music came from? I do believe these things sometimes are in the blood and obviously the environment mm. as well. But a lot of my memories growing up, I, even though I didn't think about it at the time, there was always musicians in the house, people rehearsing. I'd often, you know, be up in my bedroom, going to bed and I could hear the, the bass line, you know, coming through the floorboards. And I used to go and watch my mum and, and I was really proud of her. Where did she perform? She, she performed in pubs and clubs, mm. working men's clubs and functions and different things like that. So when you were growing up, what was the plan in your head? Because you eventually went to the Doreen Bird yeah. School for the Performing Arts in yeah. Sidcup, which the big thing there is musical theatre, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. So was that what you were thinking? I mean, it would eventually come to pass, funnily enough, but... Yeah, it did. Bit of a, yeah, I went full circle. But when I was young, um, quite early on, I, I discovered a love of performing. At times when I was very little, like lots of, mm. lots of young girls do. But I think when I was about eight years old, I, I became much more serious about it. And we do some singing as well. But I always felt, even though I was following the route of, of becoming a dancer, I always seemed to get more pleasure from the singing side right. of things. But I didn't have any confidence in, I didn't think I had a nice voice. And I think also because my mum, when she was very young, she was in bands from the age of 14. And I think when she was in her late teens, early 20s, she had a record deal and she worked with a few different bands. And so she'd had that experience of almost making it, but not quite. And I think it was just instilled into me how hard it is. Did you read an, um, an ad for an audition? What yeah. happened? I left college in 93 and I was out auditioning for different things, West End things, and I was at a place called Danceworks, which is just very close to where we are, actually, Balderton yeah. Street, literally. And someone handed me a flyer. Are you 18 to 24, outgoing, da da da, sing a bit, dance a bit. And um, I turned to my friends and I just said, that's it, that's what I'm going to do. 
And after a few twists and turns, that went on to become the Spice Girls. There was five girls put together. I wasn't one of them. Emma wasn't one of them. And then with a few different lineups, and then once Emma joined the band, and it was the five that everybody went on to know, it was like this, this little dynamic shift. It was like the last piece in the jigsaw, and it all started to become really exciting. And you quite liked each other? We, <laughs> we, <laughs> we liked each other in the beginning. No, I think we've, we've always liked each other. Now, obviously, it's, it's so funny because I've been thinking about this a lot recently with you know, being around the girls a lot more again. We have such a deep connection now. Mm -hmm. You know, what we experience... There are only five people in the world who've been a Spice Girl. Yeah. 100% and there have been times when there's been you know and the girls wouldn't mind me saying some of the girls in the band you know we haven't had a relationship but it, it's almost like a family member that bond is never going to be broken for best or for worse <laughs> so it's, it's, it just exists and it, it is. just is yeah did you want it yeah you did want to be yeah, famous I, I grew up wanting to be famous we all did as a kid it's being on stage, it's being adored by millions, it's signing autographs, it's travelling the world, it's all of these things and, you know, the, the reality of anything isn't what you imagine it to be. So I remember, I think one of our first ever TVs was Surprise Surprise with Cilla Black, which was a huge show, That's wasn't sure. it? Yeah, yeah. And um, we did that and, you know, however many million people tuned in on that Saturday night, the next time I was in a shopping centre, I was like, oh my God, everyone recognises me. I mean, they didn't, no one batted an eyelid, but I really felt like everybody knew who I was, I was famous, oh, you know, it was such a burden. And then, you know, it was many, many years later when I realised, you know, actually now, walking down the street often can be quite tricky. And did you come up with a whole bunch of strategies for dealing with it? I don't know whether I've got like a little bit of tunnel vision because it's usually more the people with me that notice it. Like, oh, you've been spotted. And, there's, you know, there's a lot of double takes, isn't there? A bit of pointing. Sometimes people speaking very loudly about you that like you can't hear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, it's very, very weird. <laughs> I can still hear. <laughs> yes, I'm not deaf. Yeah, it's very weird. The, the one that I love is when people walk past you and then they realise they've forgotten something and then they run back to walk past you again just to double check. I learn I have to move quickly. I mean, not so much now. I, I do get recognised, but there was a time when it was in the, the height of the Spice Girls fame when it, it was quite tricky getting around because you would just get stopped constantly. Oh, you've now got your glass of wine. We can do so a cheers I think now. we should do a... Yeah. Oh, here come our main courses. Oh, fabulous. Hold that thought. So we have your blackened cod. Looks good. It's yuzu wasabi mayonnaise. Uh -huh. And that's uh, soba leaf, which is cooked sort of. I like the way you say that. Say that again. So do I. I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Far too busy. And uh, obviously some good lime on the side. And braised sea bass. The main event, the truffled mash. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, that looks very pretty. That's a very glossy yeah, piece. Yeah, it looks of... good, doesn't it? And that's a big old chunk of sea bass. That is a big old chunk of sea bass. Yeah. One of the great things about doing this is you've got the production team on the left who don't get to eat. Oh no, they're eating! We're eating today, Jack. We're hey. eating. <laughs> oh, I think that's fabulous. I'm going to go back to the food mm. thing because I'm slightly obsessed. Mm -hmm. When you were on tour the first time round, or when you were being, 
the Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. You have spoken about this, but yeah. do you think looking back your eating habits were dysfunctional at that uh, point? 100%. And it makes me really sad actually because it feels like such a waste of life because food is, I love food, you know, I grew up in a household where food was very important, you know, sitting on the table with the family and I love to cook as well and I love to cook for people and you know, it's nurture, isn't it? It's caring, it's love, it's all of those things. And it's sociable, you know, it's going out, it's being with friends. And I think for anybody with an eating disorder, it, it's very isolating. But I, I didn't eat properly, probably throughout the, the real crazy years with the Space Girls. I mean, it's, it's easy to see how that can happen because, you know, what's the euphemism? It's a forward-facing job. In other words, you are being photographed, you are on telly, even if you actively try to avoid looking at yourself on media, it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. You are going to have yourself projected back. You're also a young woman. You were, what, when you started? So in 94, I was 20. 20 years so old. So that's when we got together. 96 was wannabe, so I was 22. Dare I say, we barely know who we are at that sort of age. Absolutely. I think that was probably the hardest thing because, you know, personally for me, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of people have the same experience, through your 20s, you're kind of figuring out who you are, aren't you? Who you are, who you want to be, who you think everyone expects you to be. I mean, there's, there's all these things going on. And also, we were, you know, one of the parts of fame that you don't consider when you're a child growing up with stars in your eyes is you're going to be reading people's opinions of you. And clearly you internalised that and felt it was something you had to react to? Yeah, I think that was definitely part of it. Obviously we were being photographed a lot. I was, you know, scrutinising my way in a way I hadn't ever before. You know, there was lots of was other it, factors. Were you full on getting on the scales and, and calibrating? Absolutely. I was, so I, I wanted to lose weight and then I lost weight and then once the weight was, was where I wanted it to be, I was terrified to put it back on again. So, you know, you kind of learn what it takes to, to be that way and then you, you can't deviate. But that's incredibly hard because, you know, being on tour or just doing the promotion, it requires an enormous amount of energy. Absolutely, but I think, you know, when you're very young, you're so resilient. And I, I could not do it now. I mean, I couldn't be bothered doing it now, thank goodness. And I've, you know, got my love of food back and got rid of the fear of food as well. I think a lot of people with eating disorders, it takes a long time for that fear to go away. You're now a mother and you've got a daughter of your own. Yeah. It's tough, isn't it, to avoid society's expectations? It's really tough. I think now more than ever with the wonderful social media platforms that we have. And our children are just growing up in a world where they just are, they just exist. They don't really know life before them. And yeah, and it petrifies me. And, and I'm very, very aware of the language I use around my daughter. Yeah, just really trying to help her navigate the world. And, and you know, if I can see any positives from my experiences with, you know, my um, obsessive behavior, whether it be food, in the gym, is that I kind of, I've experienced it, I know it, I kind of have healed from it, and if, you know, if I ever had to deal with anybody else in my life having it, mm. I, I've got those tools, you know, to hand. But do you also feel a responsibility to talk about it, because you've got a public profile? I did at the time, and I was really young, and I was still really vulnerable, and I wasn't well. I wasn't fully well or strong enough to talk about it, I think, when, when I did first speak about it, and I regretted it. I really oh, did you regret yeah. it in the end? Because I, I, I thought it was a very important and brave thing to have done. I think I first said it partly out of embarrassment because my appearance had changed so much. I you wanted, needed to say something. I wanted everybody to know why, you know? And then I said it, and obviously it is a very positive thing and it does help a lot of people, 
but then you find yourself in you know like when you're promoting something in days of promo interviews and every single interview you're being asked the same questions and a lot of my interviews were talking about depression and eating disorders all these negative things and it was really depressing <laughs> going through it and I was like gosh I've never mentioned it but as time's gone on and I've got older and I, you know and you do get some lovely feedback from the public as well about how it's helped them I'm really glad that you did Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. (laughs) If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. It's good. That's very good. He sold 85 million records with the Spice Girls. Uh-huh. As it started to come to an end, were you ready for that? I think when, in 1998, Jerry left the band and we went on to tour America as a four-piece. Victoria and Melanie fell pregnant. Fell pregnant. Fell like pregnant. It was like I it love that Victorian phrase. As if, as, if, as if it was something that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Mysteriously <laughs> fell pregnant. <laughs> None of their own doing. Well, the, that pair got up the duff. And, <laughs> and so obviously we were going to have quite a natural break in things. And we needed it. You know, we'd worked so hard. And it's crazy when you think Wannabe was released in July 96. Yeah. And then Jerry had left, I think, before the summer of 98. It's such a short time. Mm. So in less than two years, we've made two albums and a movie and become successful all over the world. So when Spice World came along, when the suggestion of the movie, which I love, I have a very fond place in my heart for that film. Do you? It's all of the cameos that keep coming Ah. up. The the constant... I mean, I think we both know it's got a plot about (laughs) a centimetre high, (laughs) and it's all moving towards it. Mm -hmm. I should say that one of the first... uh, In fact, the first person we interviewed for Out to Lunch was Richard E. Grant. Yeah who describes that movie as one of the joys of his life. We love him. We were so lucky to have him as our manager in the movie because, obviously, we knew nothing. You know, we hadn't done any filming or... So he was a great teacher. Oh, really? Was that what what happened on... Yeah, he was wonderful. He kept our spirits up, you know, obviously, at the time. We were also making the second album, so we'd be on set. And in between scenes, we'd be off into a studio and... So we were obviously quite tired. If you've never been on a film set, they can be incredibly frustrating, can't they? It's so boring. Hurry up you know, and wait. Yeah, when you're waiting for things like a cloud to pass, and you can be sitting for hours in your, win- your Winnebago. Um, a couple of years ago, I was watching the first season of The Affair. Dominic West. And, and Dominic West, I was like, God, he's so familiar. What have I seen him in? He's so... He's so no, no, no. It's not, and, was, and then it... For some reason, I was doing something, and I, and I wikied... Spice World. And Dominic's name came up and I went, oh my God, he's, he was a photographer, of course he was. And I just thought that was hilarious, because obviously he's... That would have been I... an early point in his career. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he's gone on to have this great success, and I was like, I'm sure I know him from somewhere. But there was an insane lineup of people in that film. Mm. Whether they were having cameos, little walk-on parts, walk-on. I don't think anybody said no. And I think a lot of it, and I'm sure Richard spoke about this, a lot of the people in the movie had children, which is the perfect age, because they couldn't not do it. Right. You know? Because you did have this amazing fan base, young fan base, roughly the age your own daughter is now. Mm. And younger. I think one of the most amazing things that happened with the Spice Girls is, you know, the demographic of music buyers got younger, which, of course, excited the music industry greatly. Oh, yeah, because it's a new market. <laughs> yeah. Pester power and they can... Mm-hmm. But it was funny, because some of our fans were, like, three years old. You know, we were so colourful and the songs were all really bright and, you know, so... Which has been amazing now, because, of course, now they've all oh, grown they up. And they want to they come to the show, so it's, it's just been fabulous. But we used to have, um, when we toured the first time, we, it was quite theatrical, and we had two acts to the show. And there was often lots of very young children in the front row with like with mum or dad, whoever, and they'd spend the first half with their hands over their ears. <laughs> and then by the second half, they'd all be asleep. <laughs> so it was lovely to have them as fans, but they weren't the best audience. Were they not? <laughs> Were they not? Thank you. How was it for you? It was really good. I would eat more, but I'm... Too busy talking. Is that my fault? <laughs> I'll take I blame it. You. I'll take it. Yeah, blame me. That's absolutely fine. Well, here's a challenge. It's the dessert menu has just arrived, arrived, arrived in front of you. I know you said savoury rather than sweet, but yeah. do you have a place in your life for some of this? Well, like, do you know what? I really do. And funny, this is a weird thing. I don't know if there's anything in it. Well, it's nonsense. But I, I wasn't really interested in desserts before I had my little girl. Uh-huh. But after her, I always want something sweet at the end of the meal. Well, that's marvellous because yeah. every review has made a very big thing about the dessert menu. Oh. Isn't it, Nathan? It's sort of, uh, it's what we're most excited about, if you like, personally, anyway. No-brainer. Okay. Go on. The Orbit. The Orbit, which is dark chocolate mousse, hazelnut praline ice cream, milk foam, honeycomb, popping candy. Mm. Where do you think I should go? My favourite, uh, yeah. fallen fruits. It's absolutely fantastic. Mm. All right, fallen fruit mousse. mousse. Beautiful. That's morello cherry, dark chocolate, cherry compote, almond biscotti. Don't you think we should just have one of everything? <laughs> really well, it can it. be arranged. Well, is it anything else we fancy, and then we could just do shazies on three? Oh, do you think? I'm really impressed by you. <laughs> Go on, choose the, choose the third. Yeah, this uh, podcast has now turned into dessert porn. <laughs> there are people listening to this oh, while working out in the gym. <laughs> There's a lot of people listening to podcasts while they're doing the workouts. They do, going, they do. Their pancreas has inadvertently <laughs> gone into overdrive <laughs> as they hear this. <laughs> Should we go for the butterfly yeah. flutterbites? Should I bring something exciting to go with your dessert? Perhaps a glass of dessert wine or a dessert cocktail? I, oh. A financial meeting? I, I know, Should I know. Should be, it can wait. If, if, you, if you, I love a dessert wine, okay. just like the tiniest little taste, because I, I, I don't want to waste it. I, I won't drink a whole glass. No problem. I'm going to actually watch you do that. <laughs> but I'm fine, thank you. But I'm more and more delighted by you. <laughs> <laughs> going into Blood Brothers. Mm-hmm. First of all, how did that happen? Did your agent just get a call saying, would Melanie be interested? Or did it emerge out of another conversation? It's an interesting story. So I had my little girl in February 2009, and I hadn't made a decision what I was going to do, because she was my first, I didn't know how I was going to feel, I didn't want to put any pressure on myself. And then when she was about six months old, I started 
getting itchy feet. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I, want, I want to do something. There is something, we love our children, but one of the things that's not often admitted is that very small children are slightly dull. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I'm only talking about my own hair, I'm no, not talking about no. yours. I'm with you. I mean, okay. I, I think, I mean, I, I am They get more and more obsessed. interesting they as do. they get older. They do. I'm obsessed with my little girl, and I always have been, but I'm not a big fan of babies. No. Cute and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boring. And that thing when other people have had babies, and you see people cooing over the other person. I never did that. I, you know, I like it when they start chatting and, and saying... And answering back. Yeah. So you're six months in, you're getting itchy feet. Get itchy feet. And so musical theatre was kind of, it was on the table, I was thinking, you know, it'd be incredible to, to be in London and, you know, to be at home in the daytime. And so this conversation had already started? I, I, well, I was kind of just to friends and, you know, family and stuff. And, and it was funny because I remember having dinner with a couple of friends and I said, I'd love to do something on the West End. Mrs Johnston in Blood Brothers would be incredible. Literally, about three days later, I had a voicemail from my vocal coach, um, Carrie Grant, who... Oh, it's Carrie? Yeah, oh, you know Carrie? I've worked with her on the one show. She's ah, fabulous. She is absolute. Carrie and David love them to bits. If you don't know who we mean by Carrie Grant, she has... The, the lady most, with the red hair. The lady with the brilliant <laughs> magenta hair. A massive campaigner for kids with autism yeah. and an extraordinary vocal coach, as is David. Yes. David Grant. They're actually looking after us for the tour. Are they? Yeah, we've worked with them in the past, so it was, right. yeah, absolutely, we had to work with them again, and they are fabulous. Yeah, so Carrie had called me and left a message and she had been approached to play the role. And she said, it's just not right for me at the moment, but I immediately thought of you. So she put my name forward, and I went to see Bill Kenwright, um, who produces the show, and I did my first audition okay. since the Spice Girls. So you auditioned for I auditioned. It. And you auditioned for Kenwright? Yeah. Now, if you don't know who Bill Kenwright is, <laughs> He has an interesting reputation. He's a, a very, very successful theatre producer. Has a reputation as being tough as old nails. Mm -hmm. A few people have fallen out with him He's over the years. He's a big softy. Is he? He is. Yeah, he loves you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he's very powerful and very good at what he does. I think he started in as an actor in Corrie, didn't he? He did, yeah. So you have to do an audition for Bill Kenwright in his office? Did yeah. somebody play the piano or did he just say sing? Yeah, well, I had to read, which okay. was... More daunting because my, my acting experience is, you know, quite little. Although I've been, been in a, a huge world. movie, of course. But yes, yeah, so that was daunting. He loved it and it went well. And we went on to have an incredibly successful run. You got a, um, an Olivier nomination for it. There's a story about, you know, all the theatre critics getting up and applauding you. Well, it was, you know, the, the show was doing well and it, and it was steady. But of course, you know, Bill Smart, you know, and the Spice Girls. He knew what girl, he was casting. You know, there was it definitely, it, it pulled a few people in. But I, I went into it, um, it was a challenge to me. And obviously I was a new mum and I wanted to stay close to home. So I hadn't, I hadn't thought about reviews, I hadn't thought about award nominations any of that. What had you thought about? What were you thinking? I just, I just thought... You just want to get out of the house? <laughs> yeah, just get out of the house. Now, I, I, I just felt like I wanted a new challenge. And I, I, I've always had this thing since my, my first time round with the girls. It's funny, when you're part of something like that, when I was young, I used to get frustrated that people couldn't see beyond that. And I always 
when I was younger, um, I don't really care these days, but when I was younger, I always wanted to show people there was more to me than sporty spice. And this was another opportunity to do that. It was amazing. I remember there was a Sunday and, and Bill called me and he said, right, beauty, that's what we're going to right, beauty, go out today and get all the papers, get all the Sunday papers, because this is never going to happen again. And we, we literally, across the board, had four and five star reviews. And it, it was, you know, I never expected it in a million years. And I think for a, a pop star to come into the theatre world, and I, and I felt embraced by the theatre world, and, and that, well, that, I never thought that would happen. Yeah, that was the interesting buzz that was going around. Yeah. As I say, a lot of my friends were in the theatre, and they all went, oh no, she's really doing it. Mm -hmm. And she's doing it really, really, really well. Oh, yeah, so that, that was a, a magical time. <laughs> no, I have to say, the desserts have turned up. I, should we just put them down the middle of the table so we I can... We should. Here we are. So wow. We have our hazelnut orbit. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take have... a picture of you with these in front of me. <laughs> Make me look very greedy. These yes. are extraordinary, they though. Are. So this is for you. Oh, we have thank the you. bottle just for you to look at for the moment. It's a red dessert wine. Mm -hmm. So we should get in the tasting notes, we should get chocolate, cherries and dark fruits. So I've got mm. quite well with this one. This is my, my favourite, personally. The Fallen Fruit. This is a glazed cherry mousse mm -hmm. with micro dust and some chantilly. And here we have the iced coconut parfait Ooh. with edible butterflies. And I wonder why they call that Orbit. <laughs> I can't think why. <laughs> That's extraordinary. It looks amazing. There's a glass of this standing by for you, if you fancy it. I'm fine, thank you. Enjoy your dessert. Is, that, is like it a coconut meringue? Is that, what do you call that game with sticks? Um, That's what it looks like, is <laughs> Was Kaplunk the one you were thinking of yeah. with Jenga? Mm -hmm. So it was such a raging success in every way. Mm -hmm. The obvious question is, why did you not do it again? I never realised how hard it would be. It's um, very bad for your social life. Yeah, <laughs> and I, li I like being at home. And I think <laughs> what I like about my, you see, my kind of my music career and my you know, performing and being a solo artist. I see that as my day job, and I do other bits and pieces. But that, what I love about it is, it's always changing. So I can go through a phase where I'm in the studio writing, or I might be out traveling promoting, or out performing, and it kind of, it's always interesting. You never so get So was it scaled. quite shocking for six months to have a routine? Groundhog day. <laughs> Every day was... But it's weird, because I love routine. Yeah, I, I think the grass is always greener, isn't it? I mean, everybody goes, oh, well, you're only on stage at 7 or whatever, 7.30, yeah, but your call is at 5 and you're starting to get yourself in the head. But show day to me starts, well, the show day to me starts the night before, you know, so, you know, so I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go out late or anywhere noisy or be drinking the night before a show, and then when you wake up on a show day, it's a show day. Your oldest child is 10. Mm-hmm. Which actually means she's never experienced the full-on Spice Girl thing. It's true. She's aware of it. Yeah. I'm sure. Mm. She may have seen videos, she may have seen pictures. Mm -hmm. Is she coming to any of the gigs? All of them? No, she won't be at all. She's got school. But she's very excited. And I think for all of us that's something which is lovely as well as for our children to see us. So this is also another brilliant reason for doing it. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I think this has finished on a brilliant note. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. This is my fave. The passion fruit. Yeah, it was at the flutterby. It was the thing. butterfly flutterby, iced passion fruit parfait, pistachio meringue, and they're in little sticks. I'm actually going to Vanilla cream. Somewhere we'll post pictures of these for people who want to see what they look like. Do you want one of the balls? I'm quite intrigued to know what's inside. Should we find out? Yeah, let's do it. They're I'm probably gonna, hollow. I'm going to pop it all in. Oh, hollow. 
And on that note, I think I have to say, Nelsine, thank you for letting me take you out to lunch. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it immensely. Marvellous. <laughs> If you like what you've heard, and I really do hope you like it, it really helps other people find this if you can rate and review Out to Lunch. And boy, do I enjoy it when other people review The Critic. Do share us too, and don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Out to Lunch is a Something Else and Jay Rayner production and was brought to you by Josh Gibbs, Hester Kant, Selena Ream, Robert Abel, Darby Doris and Steve Ackerman. I'd be nothing without them. The music was written, arranged and performed by me, Jay Rayner on piano and Robert Rickenberg on bass. Don't forget to check out other episodes and next time Italians on the menu when I'll be dining with the actor writer and director Stanley Tucci at Locanda Locatelli if you work in a Steven Spielberg movie you can't wait when they go okay um uh, we need a half hour to turn around and go like well, I'm with the little craft service table that's very exciting because so, well, I know they're having hot dogs today and they're really good hot dogs so Steven Spielberg gives yeah. good craft well, services he does